Hey everybody, thank you for joining me today. Oh yeah, we are here, Dave Therrien, New Hope Radio, and the Hope Club Podcast. So important to spend time with God's Word, isn't it? You see a difference? You see a difference when you spend a little time every day with the Word of God? Kind of shape your perspective a little bit, maybe fine-tune your values, get your priorities in order. That's what we do, right? That's what we do. Try to line up with God. Try to get our spirit to line up with His spirit, our life to line up with His Word. Things will work out a whole lot better. We're taking a look at some Bible men uh, in the Old Testament. Today we're going to see there's a guy that shows us the importance of staying sexually pure. Now this is not a popular message, to be sexually pure because of the world that we're living in. But we're going to see what that's all about and why it's so important. One thing's for sure, temptation comes in all shapes and sizes, to the man of God, to the woman of God, right? None of us are exempt from temptation. We have temptation in business, integrity in business. Are you honest? Are you dishonest? We have temptation as far as neglecting responsibility at work. Do you see your job all the way through? You take shortcuts? How about this one? (laughs) Cheating on taxes. How many people pass that test or fail that test? The temptation to cheat on your taxes. But perhaps the most destructive of temptations is in the realm of sexual purity. I think that's the one. That's the one that is really important when it comes to our daily walk with Christ, that's the one that we really need to focus on. And we're going to see how that works, okay? Our society is engrossed in sexuality. That's why it's so difficult. We have a very sexually oriented society. Look at the commercials on TV to sell their products. Like, what does a sexy girl have to do with buying a car? Right? Like, you're going to get that girl if you buy that car? Doubt it. (laughs) Or, buy this cologne, guys, and all the girls will chase you. Or, ladies, wear this and the guys will go crazy for you. See, they're using sex to what? Sell their products. Even back in the ancient days, the Greek and the Roman religions, what? They had their, their religious services centered around sex. They had temple prostitutes. No wonder the guys went to church so much. They don't go so much to church today, but they sure did in those days. In Genesis 39, we find a man named Joseph. And he was tempted by more than a flirting woman. And you might be familiar with the story. Let me give you a little background. Potiphar was an Egyptian officer under Pharaoh. And he bought Joseph as a slave after Joseph was sold to the Ishmaelites by his own brothers. They didn't like him. They were jealous of him. He was the father's favorite. So they 
sold him to a caravan, told his father he was torn apart by a wild beast, and then the caravan went to Egypt. Potiphar bought Joseph. And now Joseph experienced many hard times. But verse 2 tells us of Genesis 39, the Lord was with Joseph. And something I'm not going to talk about in this message, I'll just mention it briefly, is that God used all of these events to prepare Joseph for greatness. Because in order for someone to become great, they first have to be humbled. And Joseph had to be humbled. And God worked in his life to do so. So in verse 3, Genesis 39, speaking of Potiphar, his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord caused all that he did to succeed in his hands. So Joseph found favor in his sight and uh, attended him, and he made him overseer over his whole house and put him in charge of everything that he had. So Joseph got promoted by Potiphar to run the show, to run the estate. Joseph, you're in charge of everything, okay? The servants, the livestock, everything. You're in charge. So in verse 5, from the time that he made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. There we have the principle of blessing by association. Get around, you want to get blessed? Get around godly people. So the blessing of the Lord, it says, was on all that he had in the house and in the field. So God called, caused Potiphar's house to prosper because of Joseph. So he left all that he had in Joseph's charge. And because of him, he had no concern about anything except the food he ate. Joseph, you're in charge of everything, not my food. <laughs> I got my own chef, don't worry. So now, Joseph was also handsome in form and appearance, the Bible tells us. Verse 7, after a time, his master's wife cast her eyes on Joseph, uh-oh, and said, lie with me. But Joseph refused. And he said to his master's wife, look, because of my mas because my master has no concern about anything in the house, he's put everything that he has in my charge. I can't sin against my master. But you know what she did? She tempted Joseph day after day after day. She was relentless. She wouldn't give up. I think she should have got a, she should have got a hobby. She had too much time on her hands. And you know, I don't know if Joseph knew Proverbs 5 because it wasn't written yet. But he might have understood the principle, verse 3. For the lips of a forbidden woman drip honey. And her speech is smoother than oil. But in the end, she's bitter as wormwood. Sharp as a two-edged sword. That's the forbidden woman. That's the woman you're not supposed to have. Later on in Proverbs 22.14, the mouth of forbidden women is a deep pit. 
He with whom the Lord is angry will fall into it. In other words, if you if you fall for that trap, God will be angry with you. So Joseph knew these principles, but part of his wife, oh, she didn't seem to care. It's like she didn't care about her husband. She was going to cheat on him. She didn't care about Joseph. She was going to use him, get him in trouble. She only cared about herself. So in verse 11 of Genesis 39, one day he went into the house to do his work and none of the men of the house were there. So the house is empty. And here comes Mrs. Potiphar. (laughs) She caught him by his garment, grabbed his robe. And she said, lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and he fled and got out of the house. You know, that's what you do. You head for the hills. When temptation comes, run. If you flirt with temptation, you will fall. Guaranteed. The farther away you get, the better off you are. So, he ran away. She didn't like it. She was rejected. As soon as she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and fled out of the house, she called to the men of her household. And she said to them, Look, he has brought among us a Hebrew to laugh at us. He came in to me to lie with me. And I cried out with a loud voice. And as soon as he heard that, I lifted up my voice and cried. And he left his garment and ran out of the house. See, I told you, she didn't care about him. She didn't care about Joseph. She didn't care about her husband. She only cared about herself. She told her husband when he came home. She lied that Joseph accosted her. You know what Potiphar did? He threw Joseph in prison. Instead of looking at Joseph's track record and say, wait a minute. I don't know. This guy, he's been proven pretty good. The Lord is with him. Nope. Wifey says it. That's it. Into jail you go. But what was it that kept Joseph strong in the face of temptation? Why didn't he give in? I mean, come on. Nobody's home. Potiphar's wife, she's probably nice looking. And she was aggressive. So why didn't Joseph give in? Because Joseph understands that if his life was going to matter for God, he must keep himself pure. That's the key. See, it's not about yourself. It's about God. Where do you stand with him? Where do you want to be with him? And again, living in the society that we live in, it's hard to miss God's concern for purity. Because God stands completely opposed to the society that we are surrounded by. We are surrounded by a sexual society. And God is all about purity. Purity. See, whatever is used in the service of God has to remain pure. You want to be used by God? You got to remain pure. That's it. That's all there is to it. It's that simple. Is it easy? Well, it's tough. It's tough. But you got to keep God in the focus. You got to keep your eyes on Him. I'm going to give you three aspects of purity that are related to our lives, and I think this will help. Number one, 
in the service of God. Let's take a look at some of the things that were used in God's service. The Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament was a wooden chest, but it was overlaid with pure gold. Think about that. The outside of the chest was overlaid with pure gold. Gold that had no foreign substance, no impurities. It was pure gold. The frankincense that was burned in the tabernacle. The Bible tells us it was pure frankincense. Why? It had to be pure to be used in the service of God. The lampstands were made of pure gold. The sacrifices, the animals, had to be without spot, without blemish. And Jesus, as that once and for all sacrifice, he was pure in body, soul, and spirit. Every aspect of Jesus was pure. And you know why? Because he chose to be pure. That's why. Matter of fact, the Bible even says in Psalm 12, 6, the words of the Lord are pure. Are you getting the picture? That God is holy, God is pure, and whatever is used in his service must be pure. How about that lady in Mark 14 that anointed Jesus with oil? It was pure nard oil. Pure. Yeah. See, this is God. We're talking about serving Almighty God. Secondly, there are admonitions to purity. This doesn't come from me. This comes from God's holy word. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3, Paul said to the Corinthians, who were not that pure, <laughs> he said, I'm afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Once again, what is Jesus looking for? A pure devotion. Not a devotion that's mixed with worldliness or carnality, but a pure devotion. Just like any wife would want from a husband and any husband would want from his wife. Paul said to Timothy in 1 Timothy 5.2, Don't take part in the sins of others and keep yourselves pure. It's so important. If you want your life to count, if you want your life to be blessed, focus on purity. Paul said in 1 Timothy 1.5, see, these are all admonitions to purity. He said, the aim of our charge is love that issues from a, ooh, pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. See, if the heart is defiled, you know what? Everything else will be defiled. Oh, yeah? you got to keep your heart. You know why? You live life from the heart. If the heart is pure, everything else about your life is going to be much more easy to handle. But if your heart is not pure, everything in life is going to be cloudy. You'll have discernment issues. You'll have carnal issues. So this is a this is a message that says, you know what? Do I do I do I really want to live the Christian life? We have to ask ourselves, how serious am I about my walk with Christ?
James, he summarizes our faith for us in James 1.27. He said religion, and he uses the word religion in a positive sense, religion that is pure and undefiled before God, the Father, is this. And then he explains, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. So God is looking for a relationship with him that is pure and undefiled. That's what he wants, undefiled. And then thirdly, I want to talk about heaven, our future home. Can't wait for that, right? I'm like, beam me up, Scotty. I want to go. You know that angels are clothed in purity? They are pure. In Revelation 15.5, John said, I looked, and the sanctuary of the tent of witness in heaven was opened. And out of the sanctuary came seven angels with seven plagues, clothed in pure, bright linen with golden sashes around their chests. See, whatever is in close proximity to God must be pure. That's why the lake of fire exists. The lake of fire is for those that are void of this spiritual purity, and they cannot be in the presence of God. That's why it's through Christ that we can gain this spiritual purity, and then it's through walking with him, that we can maintain sexual purity and every aspect of purity within our lives. But we we can't be too comfortable. You know, it's like anything that you do over and over, it becomes easier and easier. And I'm talking about sin. The more we do it, the more we're exposed to it, the easier it gets, and then the less conviction there is. And then you fall into a trap. You can't get out. You can't get out of the trap. You're there to stay. In heaven, we'll be clothed in purity. Because the Bible tells us in Revelation 19, verse 7, Let us rejoice and exult and give him the glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come. And his bride, that's us, the church, has made herself ready. And it was granted her to clothe herself with fine linen. There's our wedding garment. Bright and pure. For the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. Think about that. How beautiful. We'll finally possess ultimate purity when we get to heaven. But while we're here on the earth, we have to maintain that purity. We have to be like Joseph. And you know, Joseph, yeah, he was thrown in jail, but he got out. He got out and he became prime minister of Egypt. So don't think temptation is going to reward you. It'll destroy you. But if you resist the temptation and run from it, that's where you'll find the reward. And by the way, our heavenly home and where God lives, that's pure. Oh, yeah. Look at this, Revelation 21, 18. John's describing the heavenly city. The wall was built of jasper, while the city was pure gold, clear as glass. I'm like, I can't even imagine that. 
a golden city. Can you see it? Can you imagine? See, nothing but the best for God. And yet God is going to share what he has with us. Oh, we have a little bit of gold and we think we've got something. Get a little gold on your finger. You get a little gold on your neck. Now the commercials are saying, buy gold, buy gold. So you get these little coins of gold. But when we get to heaven, the city is made of gold. Are you kidding me? The whole city is gold. That's incredible. So perhaps as we're talking about purity today, the best aspect of purity is found in Matthew 5, verse 8. One of Jesus' Beatitudes. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. That's where it begins. Let purity begin in your heart. Okay? That's where it begins. It begins on the inside, and it works its way outwardly. So, I want to give you an action point, because you know what? Anybody can pontificate with the Word of God, and I don't mean to do that. But I want to make it real, and I want to make it usable. So here's an action point. How do we attain and maintain this kind of purity? Let's say, yeah, man, I struggle all the time. How do I maintain it? Well, you know what Job said in chapter 31 of his little book, verse 1? I have made a covenant with my eyes. How then could I gaze at a virgin? He made a contract with his eyes. And he said, he will never let his eyes fall on something that is impure. Think about that. So when you're going through social media and all these pictures are coming up, make a covenant with your eyes and flip right through them. Don't sit there and say, well, they're not that bad. If it's not pure, it's not good. And it'll suck you in. You'll be like Drano going down the drain. I have made a covenant with my eyes. How then could I gaze at a virgin? I heard Chuck Swindoll saying a message many years ago. I think he was in the Marines. And he was in like Japan or the Philippines. Very sexual out there. And he said when he would walk down the street, there'd be all these bars with girls and everything. And he said, I just look straight ahead. I wouldn't look left. I wouldn't look right. I just looked straight ahead to where I was going. That's making a covenant with your eyes. You have to do that. Two great sins are recorded from men looking in the wrong place. Number one, Genesis 6-2. I don't really believe these are men, but they're angels. The sons of God saw that the daughters of men were attractive. And they took as their wives any as they chose. See, it started with looking. Even the angels, look at those babes down there. Let's go get some. And then David, the sin of David that changed his whole life. In 2 Samuel 11, he looked out his window at a woman taking a bath on her roof. Maybe that's why they call her Bathsheba. I don't know. Sheba's taking a bath. And you know, that was the 
turning point of his life, that sin, because that sin of lust and adultery led to murder, where he had her husband killed. See, sometimes it starts off with a little sin, and then it creates bigger sins, other sins. And you know what? Everybody gets hurt. Everybody around gets hurt. So, do yourself, your family, your church, and the kingdom of God a favor. Make a covenant with your eyes. And do not look upon anything that would cause you to stumble. Make a contract. Do it today. Say, that's it. it it's time to get serious. Like Joseph. i got to get serious with God. You know, time is running out. We don't have much time left here on this earth. I mean, we don't know when the rapture's coming, but you don't know when you're going to hit by a car either. So how much time do we have? I don't know. So let's live the rest of our lives with whatever time we have as pure as we can. And if you fall, get up and keep going forward. Don't condemn yourself, but don't give yourself a license to sin. And don't make excuses. You have to, you have to like, you know, prepare yourself for the sexual world that we live in. And make up your mind ahead of time, like the Hebrew boys did on the way to Babylon. They purposed in their heart not to defile themselves with the king's meat. They made up their mind ahead of time. That's what we need to do. We need to make up our minds ahead of time, that we make a covenant with our eyes and don't let them fall on anything that would hurt our walk with Christ. And don't flirt with temptation. It's a bear trap. The only way to beat temptation is to run. (laughs) Run from it. That's it. Don't get too close. It'll suck you in like a vacuum cleaner. certainly will. Because it looks so good. Temptations don't look bad. They look good. I don't care if it's chocolate or a girl or a guy. Thanks for coming along today. I'll tell you what, man. Spread this one, the Hope Club podcast. Joseph, how to maintain sexual purity. That's an important one. That's how you ensure your walk with Christ and your testimony, your Christian testimony. It's so important. Don't crash and burn like so many do. Learn to maintain. Make a covenant with your eyes. Go to the Hope Club podcast. It'll be there waiting for you.